Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Thursday. Packers on the practice field this afternoon. Sand some playmakers. Matt LaFleur uh, throwing a feint, I guess. I don't know what was going on there, but at his pre-practice press conference, he indicated that Christian Watson and Keyshawn Nixon would be limited at practice. However, upon arriving at practice, the beat noted in their wise and learned way, that neither Christian Watson nor Keyshawn Nixon practiced in any capacity. So maybe there was a setback, maybe there was a miscommunication, I don't know, but neither one of them practiced, and that doesn't bode well for their availability against the Vikings on Sunday. But what does bode well for availability is Aaron Rodgers returning to practice after sitting out yesterday with some kind of knee injury that he suffered uh, in Miami. Apparently it bothered him as they got on the plane and Talked about it on McAfee a little bit, but uh, he was back out there and throwing the ball and doing the things that QB1 likes to do. So we'll see what game plan the Packers are able to cobble together to take on the Minnesota Vikings to neutralize Darius Smith. Speaking of which, David Bakhtiari practicing for the second day in a row. That's trending in the right way. We'll see. I'm still suspect that he'll actually be out there on Sunday. I would if I were a betting man, which thank God I'm not, uh, I would think it would be a surprise to see Bakhtiari out there on Sunday. But again, we shall see. Hello to everybody in the comments section. So good to see you all, Packers fans worldwide already mixing it up. Always good to see most hated Minnesotan, longtime Patreon member and Carry the G Club member as the first commenter in the live chat. Good to see you, bud. Hope you're doing well. Balmy 35 in Minneapolis. Theo, I know the game time temperature in Green Bay is supposed to be like 36 or something. January in Lambeau. Really, Mother Nature? Really? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Riley, thanks for the super chat. Can we Adams back? I, I believe you mean can we get Adams back? Um, <laughs> I mean, the short answer is no. The longer answer is hell no. Um, yeah, Devontae made the move he wanted to make go play with his bud and now his bud has been benched but he's still getting paid an awful lot of money and he's still living closer to his family and even if even if the Raiders were to cut him which they're not going to but even if they did uh he's got to go through waivers and there ain't no way someone doesn't put a waiver claim in on Devonte and Adams in fact I'd got I'd garner every team probably would so yeah, and it's way past the trade deadline, so Packers can't trade for him. So, yeah, no. They aren't getting uh, Devontae Adams back. Lovely thought, though. Buddha going to the game Sunday. Finally, the time has come. The Twitch streamers are invading Lambeau Field. I love it. I love it so much. Nags, what is your take on the Packers using Lewis more than Tunyon? Is Tunyon fully healed? I don't know about that. I think I don't think it really has much to do with that. I think it's down to what they want to be doing as far as both production and what they want to do on offense and also to kind of throw curveballs at defensive coordinators, making them think, oh, we are in this set to try and, you know, run the ball, which is, I think, traditionally how most people look at Big Dog and then throw them a curveball, right? And all of a sudden, Big Dog's out on a route. And what's going on here? Um, defensive coordinators are undoubtedly matching power with power in that regard. So you're going to get hopefully some kind of mismatch there in the passing game. But uh, I don't think it has much to do with uh, Tunyon coming off an injury other than trying to game plan for your opponent. Now that said, it's not like Tunyon has been crazy productive even when he has been playing. Uh, I know he had the one catch on Sunday. 
maybe there has been some regression there. Maybe he's just not uh, back to his old self coming off that injury. And look, it would not be a surprise, and there's no shame in that. Uh, he suffered a very significant knee injury in Arizona last year. Lots of times it'll take a year and a half for a guy to come back from an ACL. So, you know, I'd, everybody heals at a different rate. Maybe there is something to that. Maybe there is something bothering Tunyon, or he's just not quite up to snuff uh, physically. But I think the big dog thing is much more about trying to take advantage of what they expect defensive coordinators to counter with. Um, will Nixon be out of the game on Sunday versus the Vikings? Callum, not for sure yet, but it's certainly looking that way. Not practicing for two days in a row doesn't bode well. Now, they have you know had a guy out there not practicing for the majority of this week and then had him active. So not saying it's impossible, but more often than not, if you don't practice during the week, you are not going to play on Sunday, especially if your name isn't Aaron Rodgers. So um, right now, sitting here on Thursday afternoon, doesn't look good. Would love to see a 60-yarder to Big Dog. Yeah, that'd be something just to watch him run 60 yards. No offense to Big Dog. Love me some Big Dog, but that really ain't his game, you know? Uh, what's Soder talking about here? Just need 12 to put it together and get beyond the Derek Carr level of play. Why are you trying to trigger our good friend Harold there, who was of once upon a time uh, Germany, then Canada, now sitting in... I mean, you need to make fun of Soder or Soder. You need to make fun of Harold because he's sitting there living life on a Greek island while you and I are schlepping away in America at our jobs, man. He's just like living the life. So I get it, man. Teasing him about Derek Carr is the only only play you got. I feel you, though, man. Whoo, baby. Zach, thanks for the super chat. Any concern on Watson's ability to stay consistently healthy? Guys, his size shouldn't move like he does. Wonder if it'll always take a toll on his body. Not yet. It's way too early. I mean, we've seen multiple times, you know, in the history, the recent history of the Green Bay Packers where guys have come in and been a bit, you know, injury prone, quote unquote, early their first rookie year, what have you. And then as they settle into life in the NFL, they're fine. Someone comes to mind. Aaron Rodgers himself suffered a number of nagging, annoying injuries when he first. I mean, he literally got like, what, 12 snaps in a game in relief of far of his, I think it was his rookie year, maybe a second year, and he broke his foot. You know, it's like sometimes it's just a freak thing. So I'm not ready to label the young man injury prone yet, especially given the nature of the injuries. But it's certainly, I would say, concerning. Uh, I would certainly say it's something you want to keep an eye on as far as the way the offense changes when he's in there and his break game-breaking ability. Yeah, the, the identity of this team is vastly different when he's not around. Now, that said, it was fascinating to me, and we talked a little bit about this on happy hour last night it was fascinating to me how Rodgers really got into a rhythm once he wasn't once they weren't trying to feature Watson I mean they Watson was he had a ton of targets while he was out there and then when he was gone Rodgers really seemed to start spreading the ball around shooting the thing in rhythm as opposed to earlier in the game where it certainly looked like you know not that they were forcing it to him because I don't think that was the case but it looked like Rodgers was definitely looking for him you know and again it's not a bad thing He's a game breaker. I totally understand it. But man, when he got going in rhythm in that second half, the offense looked really, really efficient and, and, and dangerous. So if they can find that level of play without him, you know, that's that's going to bode well for their ability to attack teams in multiple different ways and for defensive coordinators to be really at wit's end with how to defend them. But we shall see. Joe, thanks for the super 
super chat. Vikings winning the close ones in the final minutes. Are the Packers good enough to make it not close? Whew, baby. Um, do they have the talent to? Yeah, maybe. If Keyshawn and Watson played, I'd say, yeah, they could. But without those two game breakers, I think it'd be awfully tough. Now, you never know. All it takes is a big play on teams, a fumble here or there, a couple tur- freak turnovers, and the game can swing one way or the other, right? Seeing that every week, basically, in the NFL these days. But um, I tend to think no lead is safe with the Vikings. They prove that. They prove that big time with their comeback against the Colts. So, um, I mean, it's weird to watch that Colts game and then go back and watch the Buffalo game. And they're very similar in the sense of how that offense really fought back and basically just figured it out and started moving the football in the second half, both of those games. So, yeah, I don't know if the Packers could ever get far enough ahead, given that this team can can score quick and in bunches. Oh, Travis, besides the Packers guy, who's the best pure athlete you have ever seen? Mine is Bo Jackson. We had this argument on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Yeah, mine, 100% Bo Jackson. He's the most amazing freak athlete I have ever witnessed. I mean, he just could do it all. Legit, do it all. Um, And look, everyone's going to have people from their generation. They're going to, you know, go to bat for them, so to speak. But uh, yeah, Bo Jackson is the most amazing guy I've ever seen. No doubt. What else we got here, folks? What else we got? Uh, we got H. Carrington. What's up, man? Green Bay is fourth in DVOA the past five weeks, yet their consistent inconsistency just got Packer man killed. What's this team's actual ceiling? What was, what was shocking to me is I was going over some of the FO numbers uh, this morning, and they are not in the bottom four in red zone DVOA, which is, feels like a miracle given their fucking uh, Travis Sham mockery of an offense inside the 20. But, I mean, what is their actual ceiling? I think it's kind of what Rodgers said a couple weeks ago in the post-game interview where he said they can beat anybody in this league and they can also lose to anybody in this league. It's just who they are. The inconsistency, the lack of complimentary football. You want an identity? There it is. And Soder talked about this on Happy Hour last night. The one overriding fact that you can take to the bank with this team week in and week out They are going to take stuff that should be easy. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're talking about fundamentals. I don't talk talking about concepts. I don't care what you're talking about. Anything that should be easy, they're going to make it difficult. Each and every week. That is a billion percent who they are. Matt asks, what's more criminal, sticking with Amari Rodgers while Nixon was sitting there or the underutilization of 33? Oh, it's definitely not getting Aaron Jones the ball enough. I don't, I don't care what's going on. I don't care about – look, the Amari Rodgers thing, I'm frustrated with it. It's really annoying in the sense of having faith in the guy, but they had never seen really Nick, Nixon do much in, in regards to returns. They didn't really – you know, it's easy for us to say on the outside, oh, they knew what they had, but I'm not so sure that's the case. I know he was lobbying for it, but he hadn't really done it in a game. So I can, I can – as frustrating as it is, I can kind of understand that viewpoint. Not get, giving Aaron – Jones three touches and a half that is criminal as I said on transplants it should be a congressional investigation absolutely ridiculous Drayson what like not scoring a TD on a 95 yard return well there you go sir there you go given the ball inside the 10 on your opening possession and promptly kicking a field goal after three futile plays yeah yeah that's that might be that might fall into that category perhaps 
What's up, Jay Dome? Next, three newcomers, unexpected positives to look for the rest of the season and into next season. Ooh, unexpected positives. Well, you know, if I could name them, they wouldn't be unexpected. But I will say, I think everybody's chomping at the bit to see more Devontae Wyatt. There's no doubt about it. Heard Coach talk again about him a little bit today. Um, really excited. And hey, shout out to the guys at Lombardi's Bar over at Game on Wisconsin. I know they had Kenny Clark on last night, and Kenny was really gassing up uh, Devontae. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see more of this kid. Uh, I really hope we get to, uh, to watch him get after quarterbacks and be disruptive here down the stretch these last two games and hopefully maybe a playoff game or two. Or three or four. Um, another guy, you know what? You know who never gets talked about, but really is fun to watch is uh, Levitt, the safety slash special teams uh, specialist. He is a kamikaze man, and just watching how physical he is and how much kind of juice he brings to special teams, uh, he's a fun guy to watch. And if you're not kind of zeroing in on him on teams, I would I would I would encourage you to do so. Because he, at least once a game, he just lights somebody up or just makes a play off the ball, towards the ball, like running, makes a you know, great tackle because he takes a great angle. Nearly every week he makes a play like that. That just is so fun to watch. Um, what about the third one? I'll go with, I'll go with, you know, if Royce Newman has to play, I think he's going to surprise if he has to play at tackle again. Although I don't think he's going to have to given uh, where Yash is practice-wise, but he he was shocking in relief of Yash on Sunday. Just absolutely shocking. Luke, thanks for the super chat. Happy Friday, Nags. I'm moving this rookie class. I'm loving this rookie class so far. Who does Dobbs remind you of? I see some Devante in him. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Packers fans want to hear it, but he reminds me a lot of Greg Jennings. Um, not quite as polished, but, man, you, you look at the stride, the ability, the center of gravity, where he doesn't really give himself away when he's running routes, his explosion out of his cuts, catching with his hands, really light, soft hands, really reminds me of Greg, big time. Now, I think Greg was more pro-ready coming into the league, but uh, Romeo ain't no joke, and I think he could be just as productive. No doubt about it. Uh, honest question. Think Gary's out half of next question, given his injury? I think you mean next season. I mean, you'd have to expect so. I think there's every possibility that he misses a significant, you know, at least the significant portion of the start of the season, right? It would not surprise me to see him be placed on PUP to start the year. Um, now, the good news is that PUP is only four weeks now instead of six, but that's still, you know, a quarter of your season. And I think that's being generous probably. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, there's no doubt you, I, I'd be absolutely shocked if he's ready for the beginning of the year, even close. But yeah, he'll definitely miss time. Craig, thanks for the super chat. What else we got here? Prediction for the game? Pain. Not saying what kind. Could be physical. Could be emotional. <laughs> yeah, and it could be for either fan base. That's the problem, man. That's the problem. Can't have the Vikings win in Lambeau, man. Those are the worst weeks. Those are the absolute worst weeks. We retired haha, but not Matthews. What the hell? Wait, no, didn't Matthew say he was going to retire as a Packer? I know HaHa did, but I haven't seen an official thing from Matthews, but it'll probably happen. It's not like they said no. Just relax. I think it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Um, What say you about the behind-the-scenes peak at LiveX? Also happy, what say you about the behind-the-scenes peak at LiveX? Also happy Clinton retiring a Packer. He loved it here. 
Um, yeah, maybe on New Year's Eve, I'll do a little uh, something on social. Um, stick around. Maybe you'll see something. Um, Kirk Cousins owns the Packers. Yeah, when he threw that interception to Kevin King in the end zone, he was totally owning them. And when they handed the ball to Dalvin Cook a million times because they were petrified of Kirk Cousins throwing interceptions back in 2020, he totally owned them. You're right. Or when Kevin King picked him off in Minnesota, he totally owned them. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kirk's played well, and he's played well, especially well this season. And he has played well against the Packers at times and stretches. But owning them? Come on. I mean, I get it. You're probably a Vikings fan, but come on. Defense needs to dictate the game on Sunday. Can't let J.J. get rolling. I mean, he's going to get his. Matt almost kind of acquiesced to that idea today. It's like he's going to get his. There's no doubt. He is the walking embodiment of you cannot stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And look, that doesn't mean you just give up yardage willy-nilly or you give him a free pass. But, yeah, you want to roll coverage and you want to do some things to try and limit him. But. Man, he's so talented, and they do such a good job with him. It's like he's going to get his. You just have to limit the pain. You know, Try to make sure you have a plan for him in the red zone. Try to limit what he can do between the 20s. But, man, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, and he is a balled-up fist ready to take it to you. I mean, hey, look, I want the Packers to be aggressive. I want the Packers to try and shut him down. But, yeah, that's <laughs> – then I woke up. <laughs> let's, let's just say that. <laughs> I love this question. Why does Corey hate the Badgers so much? Seems personal. I don't know that's personal. I just think it's pride in Green Bay. And he feels that Madison and Wisconsin, like, focus on Madison and the Badgers, takes away from the greatness that is Green Bay. I think that's generally what it is. Hope some Barry schemes something up to put Jair on Jefferson. I think you'll see a bit more of that <laughs> than week one, but... I don't think it's going to be exclusive by any means. And I think, you know, there are going to be plenty of times where you're going to see some kind of, you know, bracket coverage, some kind of, you know, especially when he's in the slot, you know, switch to some kind of man match or zone, probably see Douglas on him a few times more. I mean, that's, that's just the nature of the beast, you know, but yes, you would like to see Jair and Justin Jefferson matched up a lot more than we did see in week one. And hey, make no mistake. Jefferson got out good a few times in that game one-on-one so it's not like that's a automatic you're gonna stop him if you do that that is simply not the case uh jj watt is retiring after this season is he a fall hall of famer yes 100 percent milwaukee fans brewers bucks who don't love football hate the attention the packers get so it's the opposite of Corey. yeah well you know it's interesting too because when i was growing up you know after the Brewers run to the series where they lost to the Cardinals, I mean, and then they just kind of fell off and basically off the face of the map as far as competitiveness goes. And the Bucks had their run, you know, in the against basically to the Eastern, you know, playoffs every year, and then we get killed by the Celtics every year and blah blah blah. But I, but after that ended, they were just like immaterial. They just didn't exist. Like no one cared. Like it was a nice day at the ballpark if you went to the Brewers game or whatever in the summer, but. For the most part, no one cared. So it's a new kind of feeling in the state now where, I mean, we know the Bucks are amazing, right? And they run won the most recent championship, and they are, even this, this year, they're very good. 
Uh, the Brewers came close, obviously, a couple years ago, and now you know, falling off again. But it's just rare that all three teams are good at the same time, you know? So I don't know. I think that's a lot. That's a generational thing, too. I think there's a lot of younger fans who have gravitated towards the NBA um, and are enjoying this Bucks success, which is great. It's awesome. And look, if you get you get the cheer for Giannis, how fucking awesome is that? So I understand it, man. I get the, the level of intense fandom that we've seen kind of coalesce around the Bucks, right? It's awesome. Um, but yeah, like being jealous of the attention the Packers get. I mean, look, the Packers in Wisconsin will never be separated. They're always going to be kind of synonymous. But you don't have to look much further than that. The the numbers from Christmas Day, when it showed the three NFL games and then all the NBA games, and all the NBA games had like three or four million view, viewers in every NFL game. Even like the terrible Denver LA game had like 20 some million. You know, it's like, it's just America's sport, man. We're all obsessed with it. It's just how it works. Mm. Remember when we all wanted Watt? Yeah, Lee. Hell yeah. He's still good. He's still playing really well. Of course we wanted Watt. You, you, you are against adding good football players? Film at 11. Every 10 years, the Packers have one terrible season. Once every 10 years, the Vikings are relevant. <laughs> That's really well stated. That's pretty perfect. Um, Vikings media really have people believing Jefferson is going to win an MVP. Oh, Nathan, I know. I, it's so funny. It's, it's just because people get bored. People get bored of the fact that it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, right? And so everyone has to gin up some kind of narrative, especially in the media. Um, and then, you know, if there's, it's a homer kind of pick, you, you're like, oh, this guy definitely could do it. It's like it's it's Patrick Mahomes and it's not even close. And we're all just bored of that fact. And we we've known that essentially since October. And so now we're coming into January and we're like, what else can we do to kind of change this narrative? And it's like, no, it's Patrick Mahomes. Period. Look, people got sick of Favre winning MVPs. People definitely got sick of Rogers winning MVPs. You know, I get it, but it's Patrick Mahomes. Uh it's hilarious. Bears fans are thinking they get Adams. Yeah, Robert. Uh, it's adorable is what it is. All right, everybody. I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on this video. Subscribe to the channel. And then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. Uh -huh. Uh -huh.